This podcast is presented by State Farm, a proud supporter of women's soccer and all women's sports. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I don't know if you were able to see this on the telly. Mm -hmm. After, I think, the first half of full time, there was a flock of seagulls flying overhead, spinning with great ferocity and circumference. And... um, shitting everywhere nice just shitting all over the entire pitch i mean there's a metaphor in there somewhere and that's when i started to think this might not go our way (laughs) from apple news i'm rebecca lowe and i'm brendan hunt but really what is identity what is meaning what is this life (laughs) and what is after the whistle We are, in fact, minutes after the final whistle of USA Sweden. Brendan was there. He is just beginning to process. US soccer ledge Michelle Akers joins us to work through it, Irish wake style, and to possibly settle the nickname debate once and for all. And reminder, there's going to be plenty of adult language today from everyone except me. Oh, fuck off. Oh, my friend, Uh, we are literally jumping on. You've just got back to the hotel from the ground, having watched the United States go out. Their earliest exit ever in the Women's World Cup. Talk us through your emotions right now, actually, if you can. Um, I mean, I'm definitely standing in a emotional crater of infinite breadth, but like, you know, I've had my teams have heartbreaking losses before, but this one feels different. Why? Usually, like, when I when I have this degree of sadness, it's, like, entirely my own. I'm not worried about anyone else. This is me and my sadness, usually coupled with rage. But now I feel greater sadness for many others in this instance. I feel sad for the team. I feel sad for everyone who missed a penalty, which is, of course, a... Pretty long list, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I oddly feel sad for Fox Sports. <laughs> you know? Like, Okay, yeah, yeah. They're I about mean, to hit a ratings whoa. iceberg, but between the US being out and time zones being what they are, that's going to not be quite the advertisement for the sport that we, we hoped. I feel sad for every fan who made the effort to come out here. And there's then there's the whole end of an era aspect mm. to it as well, which maybe is, is married to some of that too. Let's... Let's talk about it. Where do you want to start? I mean, there's a lot to get through, my friend. I want to start with with a question for you, actually, because I've, yep. I've had this question all night, and I meant I meant okay. to text you earlier, but there was so much going on. How did it look on the telly? And I, maybe you know, up to the the penalties, but because in the stadium, especially in the first half, it felt like this was the prince that was promised. You know, the, the team that we've been waiting for. Oh. Without a doubt. It was the best performance from the USA by a country mile. I mean, it's not very difficult at this World Cup because the first three were so average, but absolutely. Shots on goal, shots on target were ridiculous in the United States' favour. But it wasn't just that, was it, Brendan? They just looked cohesive on the telly that they hadn't looked like all World Cup. They looked like a team at last. And we have to say, Andonovsky, I've got a few questions, but at least he changed it. Emily Sonnet, I'd like to write her a sonnet. She was excellent. Well done. 
Thank well you. Done. Thank you. Um, and there were a lot of really good things about the USA. It's just too late. I mean, of course, the, the glaring, 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 glaring situation is you can't score goals. And you see how quickly I've gone from we to you. You can't score goals. And um, literally, it's taken me about three minutes of this pod to go from we to you. Uh, but that is a major problemo. And it was coming into the tournament. It was for the first three games. Everything else was better today, except for that. Still just so blunt in front of goal. But you know, my friend, I am picking out the silver lining immediately. And I think we'll get to this with Michelle Akers, who's going to be our guest later. In a roundabout, messed up way, this will be a good thing for the US Women's National Team program. It will. It has to be. You have to be chased to get better. You know, Manchester City only get excellent and more excellent every season because your lot, Arsenal, Liverpool chase them. They wouldn't do it by themselves. And the USA have been so good for so long, they're now being chased. So it's going to be a good thing for the women's program. It's just going to be, I think, a bit more pain to get through until it becomes visibly a better thing. Yeah. I mean, to that end, there's, there's something kind of interesting about the fact that, you know, so it expands to a 32-team tournament for the first time. And the thought is like, well, that's, that's a disaster. You know, women's football isn't ready. It'll be, you know, a bunch of 10 nothing drubbings until we get into the nitty-gritty. And we haven't even yet completed the round of 16. And every champion bar one is gone. Yeah. It's a very interesting moment about the, you know, the talent that is rising around the world. But for the U.S. specifically, yes, I totally agree. You got to clear the decks. Mm-hmm. You got to clear the decks. Dominance doesn't go forever. And um, sometimes it's better to be drubbed because that forces a, uh, a longer look in the mirror than a close call might. And by drubbed, I mean the earlier exit than, a, than, a, than a, like a final exit. Yeah. So the game, what do you want to pick out first? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So just generally first half felt, felt dominant. The chance has gone wanting, but. You're right. Like they certainly in the stadium, they also looked cohesive. They looked loose. They looked very. <laughs> this is the word that comes to mind, and it is the correct word, no matter how incorrect it sounds. Cocksure. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fucking the the ball went into space, and there was always someone there. And Sweden was on their their back heels for all of it. But you know, even at halftime, it's just very very precarious. The awareness of you cannot dominate. But not take advantage. You cannot leave the door open. You will be punished. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, or actually today. Today. <laughs> I mean, Sweden's first shot on goal, their first shot on target wasn't until the 85th minute, Brendan. And I, I can tell you those stats. 11 shots on target for the United States to one over the course of the game. But that's football, isn't it? That is the you-know-what that is football. So I'm just going to do the math here. Alyssa Nair did not make a save until the 355th minute of the tournament. Oh, brother. All right. So, you know, because I'm in the stadium, I'm not watching the game on TV with my notebook handy. So I have less particular notes. Um, So Lynn Williams comes on. Yep. 65th minute. She's fantastic. She was. You know, she's only had the two games, but her best game, like, she looked like a wide player. Loved the rolled up sleeve. And... It, it kind of exposed Alex Morgan for me, the way she was so, you know, immediately dominant. Like, I, I don't know what was the missing piece for Alex Morgan this tournament, and she certainly had good moments. It's not just about, you know, the, the lack of end product, but in the end, if you're the, the star striker for a two-time champ, you've got to have some results and uh, some end product, and it was not there. Remember when she missed a penalty and we said after that first game, we said we just hope this isn't a kind of... <sighs> 
this isn't going to be an effect on her. This isn't going to be an impact on her because missing a penalty, yeah. despite all of her experience in that opening game, I don't know her body language. It didn't look good. We said it at the time, Brendan. And unfortunately we were right. She just never got going. And I think obviously that will be it for her, for the US Women's National Team. And it's a cruddy way to go out. Her legacy remains intact, but yeah, for sure. I wonder if you'd got through. I don't think she'd have started the next game, do you? I just feel, when they took her off, what was it, in the 98th minute for Rapino, who, by the way, I didn't think did anything when she came on either, but that's another story. No. I just thought that was the end of Morgan in terms of a starter in this tournament. She just didn't offer enough. Yeah, and it's easy to Monday morning quarterback this because start of the tournament, who's not going to start Alex Morgan? You know, we're all going to start Alex Morgan. For but sure. Now it feels like a missed opportunity. Mm. You know, if you had put Sophia Smith up there in her rifle spot from the beginning, what doors yeah. may may have opened. But Lynn Williams did so well did. by, I don't know, late in that second half, maybe halfway through the second half, there was a sense of dragging a little bit. Like the sharpness was no longer there outside of Lynn Williams. And I should say no longer there to the degree it was there in the first half. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we let's make more subs. You have so many players oh. out there who've played, you know, 270 minutes. Yeah. And they have so many fresh legs on the bench. But I can't believe we're having the same conversations we've had virtually every episode. I know. The subs thing is super weird and I would like an answer. What have you got against subs? So weird. Especially as the impact Lynn Williams had was so seismic. She just needed a few extra fresh legs. And as much as Rapino's product wasn't good, her energy was good. So let's get a few more on. And then you get an extra one in extra time anyway. Don't even... Okay, don't get me started on the two he made in the 120th minute. We'll get to that. Yeah, they just look tired. Emily Fox in particular was looking tired for way longer than it took to finally sub her out. I mean, she was just limping visibly at one point before she was getting her stuff together. So after full time, I run into um, Jill Ellis, of course, famous for being... On our pod. Our first guest on this season of the podcast. And... um, chatting with her you know and i sort of like you know leak a little bit like oh boy man huh? alec morgan huh like maybe lynn williams hey, maybe she should be up front you know and jill as clairvoyantly as you would expect because you're like yeah but you take out alex you know you're gonna want her for pks oh these frighteningly harbinged soothsaying words yes but although although can you imagine the pressure on her having missed one already this world cup that i mean there was pressure obviously yeah. there's tons of pressure on every True. on every player when they step up but I just feel there would have been extra not only because she missed one but also because she's been so out of form so when he took her I, I had the same thought I was like "Ooh, hang on that's a penalty taker going off but it's also a player going off that's in no form at all with no confidence really I don't know if you were able to see this on the telly mm-hmm. after I think the first half of full time there was a flock of seagulls flying overhead spinning with great ferocity and circumference and um, shitting everywhere. Nice. Just shitting all over the entire pitch. I mean, there's a metaphor in there somewhere. And that's when I started to think, this might not go our way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know how if like one bird shits on you, it's good luck? Yeah. Uh, how, about, how about 50 of them <laughs> shitting on you and 10 of your friends all at the same time? Uh, too much of a good thing? Oh, brother. Oh. And then the shootout. The goddamn... Should, no, the subs first. These yeah, subs let's first. do the subs. Do so you think those were PK subs? And this is bringing on O'Hara and Mewis. Um, and they'd been standing there for a couple of minutes before 10, they finally got to go in. 10,000%. 10,000%. <sighs> I mean, Fox went off, as you said, she was exhausted in the sonnet. Um, 
So they said on the telly, Carly Lloyd said, Mewis is definitely a penalty sub. She wasn't so sure about O'Hara. But either way, the optics were 1,000% Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho in Euro 2020, which obviously was in 2021. And I just thought immediately, I texted my husband and I was like, oh no, oh no, he's doing the Rashford-Sancho thing. And Ali Wagner said it a number of times as well. It is a massive ask for both of those players to go on and take a penalty when neither of them got to touch the ball beforehand. And yes, Muir scored. And so you're like, oh, okay, he's vindicated. No, he's not because he only vindicated if O'Hara scores and she hit the post and it was a poor penalty. But what's she supposed to do? She's been sat on a cold bench for 120 minutes. And then you're like, sorry, I know you've got a load of World Cup experience. So could you just like gather all that together, go out there and score a penalty? It's kind of outrageous to treat players like that, in my opinion. I am like staggered by that. Coaches do it quite a lot. I, I'm not a fan and I feel desperately sorry for Kelly O'Hara more than I do Rapino and Sophia Smith. Sophia Smith, for me, the moment was too big. The moment was too big and that's okay. Yeah. She's a baby. That's fine. Rapino's penalty was bizarre. Um, and, and her reaction to the penalty, did you see on the big screen? She laughed which she's going to get a lot of criticism for. You know, I suppose you can't judge people on their reactions because everyone's different, but she's going to get a lot of criticism for that. But yeah, the penalties. Can I just talk about Lindsay for a second, Lindsay Horan? Yes. Sorry, just quick side note. I mean, I thought today, and all tournament, I think she's been your best player. I think she always steps up when needed. She always wants the ball. Today was better because she was further up. Um, She scores goals and has scored goals, one of the few who has. She's hit the woodwork today. She did the dirty work. She's a great leader, as we know. We'll be in the pub with her at some point next week. And she's got a perfect ponytail. Now, I don't expect you, Brendan, to understand the ponytail, but the ponytail she's got is quite staggeringly beautiful. It is literally, like, measurement-wise, volume-wise, length and shape, she has the ponytail of the World Cup. Anyway, that's just a very small thing aside. She was excellent. Loved her. Loved her pen. I'll add one thing to, as you say, about, you know, Killer Harris sitting there on the cold bench for 120 minutes. And then she comes in, and of course, she wasn't scheduled to take one originally, in which case, why did he bring her in? But um, mm. by the time you're taking the seventh kick, you've also been standing in the cold center circle for another 10 minutes. Yeah, true. Also, also, Naya taking a penalty. I know she scored it, and she was brilliant with that and made some saves, but... I don't never like that for me. Uh, you got to have your outfield players taking penalties. I know I'm coming from a really weak position because she scored, but when she stepped, I was like, "Please, for the love of bejesus, please don't miss," because you can't, you can't have your keep. I'm sorry, I'm not having that number eleven. Yeah, but I'm not having that for number six. Sorry. I mean, that's all fine and good, and I don't want to tell you how to feel, but I'm gonna, I'm, I got to go deep cut on this. Okay. Uh, I think you may have PTSD from the Euro 2004 quarterfinal, yeah, maybe when uh, the Portugal goalkeeper. Uh, threw down his gloves to make the final save, uh, uh, barehanded, barehanded, saves it, and then breathing <laughs> like a bull, <laughs> takes the winning penalty uh, to put England away. And you were you were but a young girl of of twelve at that point. I I'm, I'm sure that was it was fundamentally scarring. Uh, and perhaps you don't have objectivity on this particular topic. Maybe. All right, so we're up three to two. Uh, Sweden missed. But then Rapino had missed. But then Sweden missed again. Yeah. So that's when Sophia Smith had a chance to win it. Oh, that's just so. I know. So cruel. Yeah, and that is, I'm afraid, a coming of age moment. You either come of age or you don't. And she didn't. And like I said, it's okay because she's young and she will have yeah. more chances. But I don't know. You, you got in those moments. It, it is what separates some from others. Just is. So the freaking. What appears to be a double save from Nair 
at first. And we were down the other end a little bit, not all the way down, but like, you know, certainly not a little bit close. And uh, we were celebrating like, oh, yes, we are right back in this. And then when the referee, the great Stephanie Frappar, is, you know, holding everyone up for a second, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Like, it can't just be that the goal was over the line, right? Because she would have the thing on her watch, is what I'm thinking at the time. And the watch would go off one way or another. She would know by now. What could they possibly be talking about? And then suddenly she just she just points, the game's over. And like, what the fuck is happening? And it was, it felt like three full minutes of just utter confusion. I'm texting you <laughs> and and mm. you tell me what, what was happening at your house. It wasn't any easier there either. No, because there was actually two minutes and 20 seconds between the final penalty, that penalty you're talking about, and then when we saw the first replay of it. So you're saying to me, what what's happening? What they're saying on the telly? And I'm saying, well, I'm fairly certain we're waiting on goal line technology, but we haven't seen a blooming replay. I, I've no idea what took so long from FIFA to sort out getting a goal line technology replay. Like you said, wouldn't it have just gone off on her watch? I don't understand that. I mean, when they finally played it in, and so the whole thing, it was like the biggest anticlimax of all time. The experience was awful. But when they finally played that replay in and you saw, and I took a screen grab of my telly and sent it to you, I had to zoom so far in on my phone to try and see a gap between ball and line. Um, there was one. I mean, it's my new. And thank God for goal line technology. I mean, not for you in this particular case, but VAR is a whole other conversation that we have talked about before and can lead to gray areas. At least with goal line technology, there is no gray area and you know you haven't yeah. been cheated and that is that is a good thing in football we don't want you guys going through on, on when actually it was wrong but it it just added to maybe this is why i end up feeling sad for everyone instead of just me who of course usually is suffering the most in these <laughs> occasions because like what's happening yeah what is what is happening like on top of the fact you know it should have been clear enough like oh we've lost but how why what <laughs> the, the, it was incredibly anticlimactic mm. of what had been, you know, a kind of a Titanic game up to that point. Today was one of those games that is a great advertisement for a nil-nil draw. Mm-hmm. You know, the occasional nil-nil draw that is a just, you know, high stakes, back and forth, incredible drama. Yeah, cracker. It was a cracker. But also there was double confusion because some people, when the referee sort of did her hand signal, which our listeners can't hear, but I'm doing it for you, Brendan. Yeah, so like you're doing like the, the first move of the hand drive right there. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Some, I think some people thought, that meant no penalty, like no goal. And then there was a double confusion. It, what it meant was game over. 100%. And that added more confusion. Like you say, just a, just a yucky way to finish. Just left everyone feeling deflated. And also she was pointing to the center circle, which, you know, ordinarily would mean goal. Yeah. But in this circumstance, it looked like she's saying like, and now you guys take a penalty, <laughs> you know? Oh, minging. That's what that is, Brendan. It's minging. Absolute bonkers. I know that you, you've been through... So many more of these <laughs> PK shootout losses. Oh, you know, you can you can help talk me through it. Like, what happens next emotionally? What are the steps? Um, it gets worse. What do I, yeah. it gets worse. It's gonna get worse. <laughs> so, I mean, you probably won't be able to sleep. You won't be able to sleep. Great. Our next guest is a <laughs> legend. <laughs> it's horrible, mate. I'm sorry, and there really isn't any getting over it. And I'm still not over 1990 England World Cup Italia. So, you know, you won't get over this for a while. It's it's minging and it's why we need to find another way to end a football game. I'm sorry. I hate it. It's not the right way. We got to find another way, but that is also another podcast. Football, football. Hey, folks who are just in this tournament for the US, I know it's quite a lot of you. Hey, if you're done after this, that's fine. 
That is your right, especially with these time zones. But especially if you're just a fan of the US WNT, you, you've not had this feeling of like, what? The tournament is over for me now, but there's so much tournament left. It's a moment of transition. Collect yourself. And when you're ready, get back into the tournament because there is a pretty excellent tournament underway. And I bet it will stay excellent all the way until the end. And uh, we hope you'll be with us. And England are ready to welcome you in, my friend. We're ready. Come and be a lioness. Come and be a cheeky little lioness with us. This podcast is presented by State Farm, which believes in amplifying the voices and profiles of women athletes. By ensuring coverage for female athletes today, State Farm helps set the stage for women's sports tomorrow. Like a good neighbour, State Farm is there. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest was the original Women's World Cup star, the Golden Boot winner at the 1991 tournament in China, and according to FIFA the greatest female footballer of the 20th century. She scored the first goal ever for the U.S. Please welcome the ledge, Michelle Akers. Woo! Woo! I'm trying to manufacture a celebratory vibe uh, because we're so excited you're here, and yet we are all dying on the inside. Our smiles are empty. Same. Oh, I just... So many things, like so much to unpack. I, the heartbreak is, and the agony is like, like, how do you work through that? I've, I've been there though in my career. The U.S. has been there. We, in 1995, we lost to Norway and mm-hmm. um, we played for third place. And it was just a gut punch and gut wrenching and like, it's unfathomable and you're completely lost for the next six months because you've put so much into it. And that, that is this team. Um, it's shown all world cup that we, our mentality is not there at the level that it needs to be. To me, that reflects everything as a goal scorer, but I also was a defender (laughs) and a midfielder. Hmm. So, um, you know, when we aren't scoring goals, it's a reflection of our overall team mentality. And that's kind of what how I've been looking at it. And it, at the same time, so many freaking players did awesome and so much to be proud of. Michelle, where does that mentality come from? You talk about the mentality that wasn't there. Yeah. That, and that is one of the things that we've seen virtually every tournament from this U.S. Women's National Team since you were playing. So why wasn't it there? Where did it go? Isn't that the million dollar question? It's what every athlete, every competitive individual in any field wants to have, tries to build on, you know, it's the uh, intangible uh, that changes everything. And it, it comes from so many things. I, I mean, looking back over, over the U.S. women's national team history, I was on that first team in 1985. And we had it from that first day. And it's sort of this you know, you guys are talking about the the nickname for the U.S. Women's National Team, and I think that's why it's so hard to put a, a name to that team because it, what makes them great is that intangible. So the mentality, it's cultured. It's in you, but it's also a culture that is nurtured and built upon every single day through every experience collectively and also as individuals, and it's a mindset. And sometimes players have it and sometimes they don't. And sometimes you have it and then you don't. 
That's why it's so fucking hard to win at this level. It's so hard. Um, and PKs, to me, everyone hates them. I love them because of that. It exposes you and puts you out there so you there's this chance to see who you really are. And uh, I, I, I love that. And, um, and yet I hate it so much, but it's the reward from putting yourself out there is, is huge. What do you think the future holds now for Andonovsky? Do you think it's the end of the line? I would suspect, yes, you know, we need a change there, but the players seem to love him in this world and in U S soccer, the players opinions matter. I would like to see someone with a different perspective, uh, an edge, a fucking fierceness, but that also facilitates this collaboration of a family where we are out there together fighting for each other and celebrating to be our best. I mean, that's what makes great teams. So that's the kind of coach we need to find. And there's lots of them out there, but yet there aren't. Well, in this time of darkness, we still must come together for our greater purposes and missions. And of course, the purpose that originally brought us to each other, Michelle, to which we will we will detour here somewhat awkwardly, but still out of great national necessity is the, the search for a proper national team nickname. You have been following along with suggestions that people have thrown in. And then you feeling, again, that sense of patriotism and urgency delivered to Rebecca and I, your suggestion, but you suggested that there was also a tale behind it. And this is your floor. Please share the tale. Thanks. Okay. I'm still grieving immeasurably while we talk about a fun thing, <laughs> a fun topic. Um, I know. We, we're, in, we're in Irish wake mode at okay. this point. That is so good. Um, okay. So <laughs> mine was USA. USA, USA, because um, so for that first national team, and it's spelled O-O-S-A, that first U.S. national team, we played in uh, Italy. That game was in, our first U.S. women's national game and tournament was in Italy. And uh, the, the fans, it was huge. It was, you know, sold out stadiums. It was, it was a great experience. Never mind, we had to sew on our own patches and like, you know. <laughs> We, you know, it was, uh, that is a different story. But th- when we took the field, the crowd was yelling, USA, USA, which is USA. So oh. right in Europe, the, the U is ooh. So it was USA, USA. And we thought they were booing us. Then somebody was like, I think they're saying USA. So that, <laughs> that became our cheer. Love and it. we would all put our hands in and be like, USA, 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 ah. So for the entire history of the U.S. Women's National Team, that has been the cheer, USA. Is it still it's still today? Yeah. And if you look at um, the U.S. Wow. Women's National Team uh, PA website, they, they've trademarked it, USA, that name, and it's hashtag OOSA. Wow, wow. So that's the, first of all, it's the classic, the proverbial, they're not saying boo, they're saying thing that rhymes with boo, <laughs> which is, which is all, always a winner. Um, yeah. That is a very powerful story, Rebecca, I'm sure you will agree. And yet we cannot, we cannot say this, this is the conclusion of this journey because oh the God. caveat on top of this is you're never allowed to nickname yourself. You can't nickname yourself. You can't have that happen. People got to, oh. people got to give you a nickname. It might still work out. 
we will get down to a vote by the time this is all over. All but right. it is not the slam dunk that it sounds like it should be right. Because right now I want to like slam the laptop closed. Yeah. But like, it's USA. But nope, can't do it. The people got to have their say. But that is powerful <laughs> and compelling. It, it, it's so true. It's so true. It's a good story, though. Thanks for letting me tell it. Thanks for letting us hear it. Oh. Let's finish, if we can, Michelle, on, on a brighter note. Carly Lloyd said after... <laughs> <laughs> she said after the game that this is going to be better for the program, that this happened. It is going to be better. Are you with her? Do you agree? 100% with, yeah. with her. And, you know, she has just been, you know, beaten to death after saying that the U.S. lacks mentality and has had poor performance. And, uh, you know, I, we do. We did. We do. And she's absolutely right. This is, you know... It's, it's, you got to burn down what doesn't work and it's been exposed. And, and this, the way we do things as this U S women's national team is we do the hard work and now it's like a time of reckoning. Okay. This, this didn't work. We have to identify what changes need to be made and then commit to that wholly as a team and as a program. So it, it's truly up to the players. That's what this, this story I, I brought up initially about that 1995 team where we lost to the Norwegian team, but I loved playing that team and I have the ultimate respect for those players because they made us better every single game and they beat us because we didn't have mentality. Then we had to go away from that and go, what how, what do we need to do to win? And then we re reconfigured and rebuilt ourselves to step into the 1996 Olympics and we won gold. They can do the same thing. This is absolutely a gift, painful as it is. Um, and so let's see where, where we go from, from here. I mean, I'm trying not to swear so much, but it's an emotional time. And we had players out there who were first World Cups with single caps, with never been on a field in that environment. We lost huge pillars of our team. And we had so much to reconcile and, and deal with. So just showing up at that World Cup is such a challenge. And we did good, but we weren't good enough. So we have a lot to be proud of. But, and there's nothing wrong with saying we weren't good enough and we have to do better. That said, I'm still all in. Usa, 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 uh. And let's do it, you know, let's grieve it and do the Irish wake together and let him, here we go. And just before you go, Michelle, who's the winner? Who do you think is going to win this whole thing now? I knew it. Sorry. <laughs> Lyndon, how can you do Japan over us, first of all? What? I know, that was and, a um, moment on the pod. I know. I mean, I've, I've kind of been born now. That's really the only silver lining I have today. Not wrong. <laughs> um, I, I, I got to say, I want, I want Sweden because they beat us. You do? I want Sweden, but I also, I want England in there. I want England. Yeah, you do, Michelle. Be, be, there's just something raw and um, fiery about that team. And I do so much to win, not just for the, the team, but for women's football worldwide. So there we go. All right. England all the way. Michelle, it has been a absolute pleasure. Thank you for bringing a, a modicum of light to this darkness. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Michelle, so much. Have a great rest of your day. You can.
On or off the pitch, women athletes deserve to be recognized for being awesome competitors and for being inspiring role models for generations to come. That's why State Farm is proud to present this podcast. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Brendan, let's pretty much wrap things up. Have you got any bits and bobs, any American bits and bobs? Bits and bobs. At least germane to this evening. First of all, We've talked all about the U.S. and not much about Sweden. And uh, Sweden's goalkeeper, Mushovic, had a fantastic game. In particular, in particular, she had a reflex left-hand save from Lindsay Horan and 11 saves total. That is uh, Tim Howard-esque. So, well done, Mushovic. Also, just a weird little fun fact that I sort of realized, there's been nine World Cups. The U.S. has won four times. Um, and, of course, they've lost one final. And then they've won the third place game three times, never lost the third place game. Uh, that means in seven out of the nine World Cups, the U.S. has won their last game before going home. This is only the second time they haven't won their last game. And there's something, it, it may be only an asterisk, but that's, that's kind of a cool, you know. It's a great nugget. That's you know. what we call at work a good gold nugget. It's not a, it's not a chicken <laughs> nugget. It's not a bronze nugget. I don't think it's nugget. a brass nugget. No, it's a, brass that's a best. gold nugget. Definitely not a McChicken <laughs> nugget. That's safe for rubbish. That's good. That's well, good that's thing. making me hungry for more bits and bobs. Uh, any bits <laughs> well, and bobs coming out of you, Rebecca Lowe? No, I just want to know what happens now to the great Brendan vacation, which has lasted two days before arguably you could just come home. But you're not going to, are you? So what, oh, my friend. So what now? What's on the agenda? Oh, my God. We came all this way. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Good Lord. We came all this way to literally watch our team get shit on from the sky. Um, <laughs> what's next? All right. Well, the she-gulls. Oh, maybe we call them the she-gulls. The she-gulls. The she-gulls. They shall have their revenge. Going to stay in Melbourne for uh, one more day. Then um, back to our base in Sydney for one day. A lot of planes. A lot of planes. And then we're going to Auckland. Where, of course, we would have been preparing for the uh, the blockbuster USA-Japan matchup that will now only exist in my poetry that I write about imaginary soccer games. Um, <laughs> stay in Auckland for a week, and then uh, back in Sydney for five. Like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We've come this far. Can't, okay. can't turn around just yet. All right, mate. Should we say goodbye and let you go and cry? Oh, yes. Thank you, please. It's all I've wanted for hours. Okay. Let's do the I need the closure. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, where you can also rate and review us. It really helps people find the show. And for round-the-clock tournament news, scores, and standings, check out my sports on the Apple News app, where available. Michelle Akers is... So heartening. I was really encouraged by that. <laughs> she also swears more than you. I am not alone. No one is alone. <laughs> With your potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. Go cry. Uh, it's already started. 